God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the people that you have assigned to watch and be a part of what's going to be said. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who's here to lead us and guide us into all truth. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that allows us to come boldly to the throne of grace so that we can obtain favor and find the grace that we need when we need it. And I thank you for the word of God that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that word is able to discern and to divide and to encourage us and strengthen us. And so as I step back, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There is a word that uh, was sent to me from one of, our, one of our prophetic people that said, uh, I'm here to do a new thing. This is God's talking the word of truth this morning. Leave the past behind you. You've learned from the past and it's going to propel you forward. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everything that I have for you to do in 2024, you will be equipped for. I'm equipping you even now. Just surrender. Everybody say surrender. Surrender now. You can now, you cannot do it in your own strength. Let me do the heavy lifting. It's almost like what Pastor Jonathan was saying. Let him open the hole up and then you run through it. Amen. All right. Well, we're in a uh, series called Tense the Season. Everybody say Tense the Season. And so uh, that series actually ends today, but I did the series because the holiday seasons tend to be very stressful. And so I felt led to do a series along this line. And, and we've been tackling some tough and in some cases sensitive topics. And so I know it's been very beneficial based on the feedback that I've been getting from my church. Uh, you may not know this, but the second service last week, I felt led to physically do an altar call and uh, I was uh in I was not only encouraged but I was very uh, shocked of how many people who came forward to uh get healed and delivered from grief and depression say amen to that and so last week we talked about overcoming grief and depression and so what I want to do is close the series out by doing a second part of that message so if you're taking notes the message title is Overcoming and managing grief and depression. Overcoming and managing grief and depression because you do not want to go into 2024 with grief and depression. Say amen to that. Amen. So 
Let me start out by reiterating what the definition of grief and depression was. And so last week we looked at the word depression and uh, it's not found in the Bible. It's uh, but when you look in the Bible, there are words that mean the same thing. And those words are broken hearted, cast down, sorrow. When you see those words in the Bible, they also mean depression. But the, the, uh, the definition of depression is a mental health condition. Everybody say it's a condition. It's a mental health condition that is expressed by having persistent feelings of sadness, persistent feelings of hopelessness. And then when you stay in that zone, it will cause you to have lack of interest in certain things. It'll cause you to not want to eat. It'll cause you to want to sleep too much. In fact, it affects a person's ability to function. And this is why a lot of times when people are depressed, they have to drag themselves out of the bed just to go to work. Now, the word grief is different because it's an emotional response to loss, typically when it comes to the death of a loved one. But I've also discovered that grief can also uh, take place uh, when significant changes in life take place. So like when people go through divorce, they can actually grieve because grieving does not just mean the death of someone. Grieving can also mean the loss of something. Say amen to that. You can lose a pet and grieve. Why? Because you love that pet. Now, in the Bible, the word grief means sorrow that comes from mental or physical pain. Wow. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do a brief review uh, because last week uh, our lesson was centered around this prophet named Elijah. And uh, Elijah, we discovered, went through a season of depression. Everybody say season. And so I gave some signs on last week that helped us see whether or not you're functioning in depression or grief or not. And so you can go back and, and, and go watch the last four messages that, that we've done uh, in the series. And so today my goal is to do three things. Number one is to identify some things that can potentially trigger grief and depression because sometimes these things are triggered by things. And then the second thing I want to do this morning is look at some faith attitudes that will help us manage these triggers because triggers cannot be necessarily controlled, but they can be managed. And then number three, we're going to provide some principles on how to prevent as much as possible uh, on how we can manage the state of depression and grief. See, Prevention, they say, is better than what? Oh, y'all haven't heard that saying. Prevention is better than cure. In other words, I would rather be able to prevent something than to have to deal with it on the cure side. I would rather prevent myself from being outside of my weight range than to have to exercise on the other end. Even though you still need to exercise if you would, then you, cause if a dog chased me right now, I'm not even gonna run. He is going to catch me. So I might as well use the energy from running to fight the dog. We will be fighting, right? So let's start our journey today by rereading what triggered Elijah into a depressive state. And then I'm going to list for you some things that can trigger you into grief and depression. And then we're going to look at some principles on overcoming and managing grief and depression. So uh, in the New Living Translation, which is what I'm going to read from, First, First Kings chapter 19, it says, When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way that he killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. She said to him, 
May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow, Elijah, I have not killed you just like you killed them. See, you have to understand, Jezebel used to use these um, false prophets of Baal to get information from. It's, it's almost like you going to uh, a witch or you going to uh, someone to read your palm. Every, listen. If you want your future read, read the Bible. Amen. And so one of the most effective triggers that can push a person into a depressive state is negative or bad news. And that's what happened to Elijah. He experienced some negative or bad news from this woman named Jezebel and it pushed him into depression. Now, bad news can range from someone passing away. It could range from that to just getting a bad report in your health. And if, and if you don't watch it and you don't know how to manage that bad news, it can trigger grief or it can trigger depression. Amen. So let's look at some things that uh, I've listed. And these are not all triggers, but these are most triggers that can push a person into grief and depression. The first one is bad or negative news. We just talked about that. We saw that happen in the life of Elijah. Here's number two, bad or negative thoughts. And last week we talked about what negative thoughts are. If we dwell on them consistently, uh, can do for us because we compared it to a cow chewing cud. Num- uh, number three, bad or negative self-talk. I'm going to talk about that in just a second because most people don't realize that their thinking is sinking them into depression. You cannot think consistently on a negative uh, uh, lane and, and feel like you're going to have a positive life. Number four, negative relationships. And this is why you don't want to get into relationships that are not biblical or that is not spiritually, listen, seasonal. Do you know you can meet the right person in the wrong season? Do you know you can meet the wrong person in the right season? You say, well, how is that? Because there's always a counterfeit to God's blessing. Listen, if there is God, there is a devil. If there is a, if there are angels, there are demons. And if there is a right man, there is a... Oh, y'all are listening this morning. Number five, bad or negative events. Amen. You can be at the right place at the wrong time. That's why tonight, listen, I did not have church person purposely. Number one, because I'm Presbyterian in my heart. But I don't want us out there on the road. Folks are going to be driving drunk and acting crazy tonight. Listen, this ought to be enough church right here. Now, if you want to go to somebody else's church, that's good. But I'm going to stream it. Praise God. (laughs) Number six, great victories. That's what happened to Elijah. This man killed over 400 prophets. He went from his greatest victory to depression. It happens with women. They have a baby and it takes a lot of high and strength to have a baby. And then next thing you know, they have that baby and that high comes down. Uh, they call it postpartum depression. Poor decisions can get us into that. 
uh, in grief and depression. And then here's one, comparing ourselves to other people. We talked about that briefly last week. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation only just to get uh, save some time. He says, oh, don't worry. We don't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other. Using themselves, listen church, as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. In other words, listen, once comparison church takes place, then that means someone has to win and somebody has to lose. Amen. We should never make someone else's life our standard. Because you don't know where they are in their season. They might be in a season of reaping when you might be in a season of patience. And if I let their season of reaping infect my season of patience, I will go out there and buy something that I shouldn't buy. And after I buy, get giver's remorse and get a bill for 36 months. You ever heard of buyer's remorse? Amen. Never let someone else's standard become yours. Let the word be your standard. Say amen to that. Real quickly, past mistakes are things that can cause us grief and depression. Previous traumas. Listen, if you're single, how many single, single, single people? Deal with your traumas if you got some. Deal with them because let me tell you something. They will pop back up when you live with somebody. Music can trigger you into grief and depression. Because if, you know, turn off the lights. If that was you and your ex's song. If that's the song y'all agree, you know, y'all, 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 whatever groove to. And y'all ain't together no more. And the breakup was bad. And you hear, turn off the lights. You're going down in depression. Music can trigger you. And then here's one life moments. These are things that we don't even plan to happen and they happen. So let's talk about now how to overcome grief and depression. I'm going to give you uh, several principles, uh, but uh, here's the first one, and they should be on your notes. If you need some notes, just raise your hand and our ushers can give you some. But here's principle number one of overcoming grief and depression. You must believe that the greater one is greater than anything. I'm going to say that again. You must believe that the greater one is greater than everything. First John chapter four, verse four says, you touch your neighbor and say, he talking to you. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because watch this. Greater is he that is come on church. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, he's saying. The person that's on the inside of you is bigger than what's on the outside of you. Which says that anything that I experience in my life that's outside of me, I have somebody on the inside of me that's bigger than what's on the outside of me. The New Living Translation says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Although something big in life may be happening to you, church, there is a greater one ready to conquer on the inside of you. And sometimes when we're going through things, we forget as we walk through the valley. 
Because there are going to be days, there are going to be times that you have to walk through the valley. Uh, David tells us in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I'm not going to fear no evil. You know, he says, why? Because you are with me. And then he goes on to say, because your rod and your staff, they come from me. God is with us when we go through. It's when you're walking through grief and depression, the feelings of it become so real to us that we forget that God is there to comfort us. Never ask God, where are you? He's with you. You know why he's with you? Because he's in you. See, somebody can be with you and not in you, but somebody can't be in you and still not be with you. He says, I'm in you and I'm with you. Listen to 2 Corinthians 7 because it talks about God's position in our life when we're going through grief or depression. He says, nevertheless, Paul writes, God that comforts those that are what? Cast down. He is there to comfort. But I have discovered God can want to comfort us and we refuse the comforting. Have you ever tried to help somebody but they don't want no help? Have you ever tried to help your little kid? You know, he having this hard time. He trying to put his shoe on by himself. He's four. He trying to put his shoe on. But but he don't want no help. Amen. I said this on last week. I'm going to say it again, especially when it comes to grieving. Because the devil will deceive you when it's time for you to get stop grieving. Because I believe there's a period you need to stop. You said, Pastor, I can't control it. Yes, you can. Because if you couldn't do it, watch this now. Anything that's outside of us can only affect us if we allow our wills to let it. And see, the devil will make you start feeling bad when you start feeling better about the situation. So I said last week, not grieving doesn't mean you forget about the person you are missing. Not grieving is letting Jesus take the grief. So listen, so that the memories of who you are missing bring you pleasure and not pain. See, you remembering your mother who has passed on should not bring you pain. What you are trying, what your focus is, is her not being here. But that should not be the focus. The focus should be all the great memories that you had with her. Say amen to that. So principle number one was you must believe that the greater one is greater than anything. Here's principle number two of overcoming and managing grief and depression. You must hire your faith and fire your feelings. Everybody say hire your faith and fire your feelings. See, your faith is the key to your victory. And next year, I'm going to be talking a lot about faith. Why? Because First John chapter 5 Verse 4, I'm going to read it, says, For whatsoever, in some versions it says, For whosoever is born of God, they overcome the world. And then he says, and this is the victory that causes you to overcome the world. He says, it's your faith. So your faith in God, your faith in his word, your faith in his principles is what will cause you to overcome what you're going through. Amen. The New Living Translation says this, for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory. What victory? This victory of overcome the world through our faith. Don't throw your faith away. Listen, your faith is greater than depression and grief. 
I said, your faith is greater than depression and grief. I said, I'm going to say it again. Your faith is greater than depression or grief. See, when you approach a situation, you're either going to approach it with faith or flesh. Now, if you approach it with faith, you're going to overcome it. If you approach it with faith, you're going to be swallowed up. See, because flesh, it includes like, you know, your logic, your emotions, your feelings. And faith, when we decide to view it through, because see, faith really is a decision. And when you break it down, faith is deciding, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But see, flesh, the reality of it is, if you function in your flesh, guess what? You don't have the power to change because your flesh can't change nothing. The only thing your flesh can change is your feelings. Amen. And see, here's the thing. Your actions can change how you feel. See, this is why I tell married couples, do your part anyway. I don't feel like cooking for him. Do it anyway. Because watch this. Your actions will cause your feelings to change. You say, I don't believe that, Pastor Evans. Well, if you came in here all happy, let's say when you got up this morning, you felt happy, you felt joy, you put on your gospel music or whatever you listened to, and you all happy to come to church, and you get out your house, and your neighbor cut you off. Now your feelings done changed. <laughs> Somebody's actions change your feelings. Or let's say you came in here, you all happy, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, your co-worker that you've been beefing with shows up at church as a visitor, and they look at you and slap you. You're going to be go from happy to... <laughs> so you need to remember when you hit something, when you run into something, if you decide to approach it with your flesh, this is not going to fix the problem. Amen. If anything, it's going to worsen. Here's principle number three, very fast. This is talking about overcoming and managing grief and depression. You need to stop nursing and start rehearsing. Stop nursing. Stop protecting grief. Stop protecting the depression. You got people calling you, girl, let's go out. Let's go get something to eat. Girl, I'm not. No, you're protecting. You're nursing. God is trying to bring somebody your way. It just happened yesterday. You, you, you down in the dumps. Get out. Y'all seen that movie, Get Out? You better get out. You got to stop rehearsing and stop nursing and start rehearsing. In other words, forgetting those things which are behind. You got to let go of the past. You got to stop thinking. What's behind you? Listen to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. I'm going to read it in two versions. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But Paul said, there's one thing that I've learned to do. He says, I, I'm forgetting. Notice he didn't say forget because forgetting means it can come back up. I got to choose to forget it again. He says, forgetting those things, which are what, church? Behind me. He says, and then the way I'm able to forget those things which are behind me is because I'm reaching for the things that are before me. You cannot listen. You cannot continue to look behind you and reach before you. Jesus said, nobody is even worthy of the kingdom if they got their hands on the plow, but they're looking backwards. There's a reason why that uh, your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. 
Why are you driving looking through the rearview mirror? You're going to crash. Listen, your future is bigger than your past. And you can believe that because God works everything together for good. So why are you dwelling on something that didn't work? Why haven't you fully let go of somebody who didn't work out? Why? You don't believe that God can work it out. You don't believe that God can bring somebody better. You don't believe that God can have a better job. You know why? Because you're looking at the past. Listen to the New New Living Translation. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. He says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. What he's saying is, I've decided to embrace vision. Here's principle number four. This was good right here. You have to change what you perceive because it affects what you believe. See, your perception is your reality. Amen. You can perceive that it's 90 degrees out there right now until you get outside. Your perception should line up with God's word. How you think, which determines your perception, should line up with God's word. Say amen to that. And see, this is what the prodigal son did. After he messed his life up, after he made bad decisions, after he messed up some relationships, watch this, he corrected his perception and it put him back on the right path to life. Luke chapter 15, verse 14. I'm going to show you this morning how to change your perception. Because see, some of you all are going to stay in depression until you change your perception. Watch what he did. Luke chapter 15, verse 14. He says, and when he had spent all, and there was a mighty famine in the land. He began to be in want. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. And they sent him to the fields to feed swine. Now, back in those days and even now today, there are Jewish people. They don't believe in pigs and touching pigs. And here it is. He's feeding the pigs. And then it says in verse 16, he got so hungry, he ate what the, you know, the husk that the swine was eating. Listen, this joker was eating pig leftovers. And verse 17 says something that's very powerful that you and I need to embrace. It says, and when he came to himself, which says that he wasn't himself. And listen, when you are in some bad situations, do not make permanent life decisions because you are not yourself. If you know that you are in a funk, if you know that you are in a depressed state, if you know you are grieving, do not make permanent life decisions because you ain't you right now. Look at your neighbor and say, are you you right now? It said he came to himself. Watch this now. He came to himself. And he said, how many hired services my father have? And then he says, I'm going to go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned before you. And I'm not even worthy to be called your son. Listen, when you come to yourself, listen, go and apologize to people you need to. Don't just see some people instead of apologizing, they say, well, I'm just going to start acting right now. In other words, I'm going to start treating them back right. No, no, no. Don't just treat them back right. Don't let your actions be your apology. You need to let your words be your apology. God don't ask us to just start acting right. He said, no, I need you to confess your sin. And then I'm going to be faithful and just to forgive you. Don't just, you know, here it is. Y'all been in a standoff, a stall. I'm talking to a couple right now. Everybody just look forward. I won't know who I'm talking to. And y'all been in a stall. 
Ain't said nothing to nobody to each other. Y'all just, hey, 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 what are you, who gonna break the silence? Well, Pastor, I didn't do it. Well, my question to you is, are you not talking to? Because if you're not talking to, that's sin. Break the silence by saying, baby, I'm sorry. I should have been, listen, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna talk normal. I might not feel normal, but I'm gonna talk normal. Everything you, look, everything that I would normally do as a husband, I am going to do. Every morning I kiss first lady on her neck when I come in. You know, cause yeah. I do. She'll tell you. I kiss her on the neck. Well, if I'm mad at first lady, which that ain't my, I, I, I ain't gonna do that. I'm not going to bed mad. I might not wake up. Can you imagine getting to heaven saying, God, I'm so sorry. I did not kiss my wife. You know how many people leave home and may not come back? Anyway, let me just keep going. So he said, he, his perception changed. Well, how did his perception change? Here's the last one. If you're going to overcome grief and depression, you have to talk like a winner or live like a loser. I'm going to say that again. If you want to overcome grief and depression, you're going to have to talk like a winner or you're going to live like a loser. You say, well, Eben, Pastor Eben, why are you be positive? I am positive that if you don't talk like a winner, you're going to live like a loser. If you're going to be free from depression, you can't say what you feel like no more. Why? Because life and death is in the power of your tongue. And the Bible says they who love it is going to eat the fruit of it. Listen to what happened with this, with this prodigal son. It says, and when he came to himself, watch this now, he said. Notice, watch this now. That the way he got out of that funky situation, he had to say something to himself. And most people underestimate the power of their words and that's why they talk like losers. But here's the thing, they're deceived into believing that their life is going to be winning when they're talking like a loser. No, Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, I'm going to say it like this, whatsoever man saith, that's what he's going to read. Listen to the New Living Translation as we close. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You cannot sow negative words and reap a positive life. You cannot sow negative words and reap a positive life. Say amen to that. Listen to the message translation. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. And this is what happened. I'm going to call this faith positive talk. See, because many of us talk to ourselves, but we're not talking to ourselves in the right, uh, right way. Because that's what happened to the prodigal son. He said to himself, 
This is what I'm going to do. Well, guess what happened? That's how the woman with the issue of blood stopped having an issue of blood because she said something to herself. Watch this now. Matthew chapter 9 verse 20. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood for 12 years. She came behind Jesus and she touched the hem of his garment. But I want you to notice what she said in verse 21. For she said within herself. Everybody say that's faith talk right there. She said within herself, if I may touch his garment, I shall be whole. And some of you all have allowed grief and depression to to cause you to talk to yourself in a negative way. It's time to shut up talking negative to yourself and speak up talking faith to yourself. Which means the last principle is you got to take the medicine of praise to cure the state of grief and depression. Listen to what Jesus came for us to do. Isaiah 61 verse 1 through 3. It's Jesus said the spirit of God is upon me and he's anointed me to preach the gospel. He's anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. That's grief and depression. He's anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives. He's anointed me to open the prison to those who are bound. And then he says he's anointed me to proclaim the year that's acceptable to the Lord. He's here or I've come to comfort all that who mourn. And then he says I'm here. And I have, I've been appointed to help those who mourn in Zion and to give them beauty for ashes. He says he's come to give us a, a, the oil of joy for mourning. And then he says, I've come to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You want depression out? Praise it out. In fact, right now, right there, just raise your hands right there and just begin to praise him right there. Just right there. Put on, hold on, before you do it, you say, well, Pastor, I don't feel like praising. That's the problem. Listen, listen, listen. He didn't say feel like praise and then the garment will come on. He said, no, no, no. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. My jacket did not come on me by itself this morning. I had to put this jacket on. And some of you all, he said, put on. He's given us the garment of praise for the what? Spirit of heaviness. And that's what depression is. It's a spirit of heaviness. But I'm telling you today, put on the garment of praise. So right there at your seat, just raise your hand and just begin to thank him. Say, Lord, I bless you today. I praise you for who you are. If you're watching me right there at your house, put your hands up and begin to praise him. Father, we praise you for who you are. Because you've sent Jesus Christ. To give us the garment of praise to replace the spirit of heaviness. And we thank you today that grief and depression no longer has power over us. You said you've given us power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us, God. Thank you that depression and grief can no longer hurt us. Thank you, Lord, that depression and grief no longer will overtake us. Why? Because you've said we are more than conquerors to him that love us. Lord, we thank you that we will not be conquered by depression. We will not be conquered by grief. We are more than conquerors. And Lord, I thank you today that there's no weapon formed against nobody who wants. See, there's some people. You got to decide today if you want to be free. You got to decide today that you want to be free. And the Bible says whom the son sets free is free indeed. The spirit of the son is in the house right now. 
And if you will let him, he will free you from depression. He will free you from grief. He will free you from that pain and that agony. It's time to take off the grave clothes. I said it is time to take off the grave clothes. And you need to put on the garment of praise. Glory be to God. I bless you, God, for clothing us this morning with the garment of praise. I thank you that we can praise our way. Some of you all are waiting to feel it. But let me tell you something. You can't feel it until you believe it. And you can't believe it until you act on it. And some of you are the devil. He's got you. He, he's got your handcuffed. Listen, he's got your handcuffs to your feelings. If you, hallelujah. You know what? Everybody stand up. Cause see, some of y'all, some of y'all need to stand up, but you ain't gonna stand up because you're seeing who's watching you. So I'm gonna ask everybody to stand up. Because see, some of y'all are sitting down when you need to be standing. Raise your hands. Everybody raise your hand. Uh huh. So now you can feel comfortable because I know what it's like. I was Presbyterian. I didn't want to raise my hands up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, I bless you this morning. Every person whose hands are raised, who needs to be delivered today, I speak deliverance in the name of Jesus. You said you came to set the captives free. And those who have been bound by depression and those who have been bound by grief, Lord, I speak deliverance to them in the name of Jesus. Because whom the Son sets free, they're free indeed. Say, I'm free. Say, I'm free. I'm free from grief. I'm free from depression. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand and clap for being free. So with every head bowed, if you're here today and you're not saved,